0: amen, Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse number 7 begins like this, behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalem, thine uncle shall come unto thee saying, buy thee my field that is in Anathoth for the right of redemption is thine to buy it. So Hannah Mill, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, By my field I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin. For the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field of Hanamil, my uncle's son that was in Anathoth and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver and I subscribed the evidence and sealed it to witnesses and weighed him the money in the balances so I went and took the evidence of the purchase both that which was sealed according to the law and custom and that which was open and I gave the evidence of the purchase to Burek the son of Neriah, the son of in the sight of Hanamil, my uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses that subscribe the book of the purchase before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. My Lord, that's a mouthful. And I charged Burak before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is open and put them in an earthen vessel that they may continue many days for thus saith the Lord of hosts the God of Israel houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land I want to take this opportunity today to address and perhaps answer some of the questions that may come to mind when I choose a subject such as I am going to be speaking on today. And perhaps some raise the question, Pastor, it seems that there's been an obvious push over the last several months for CLC to move forward. Um, in ways that we have not seen in in a long space of time and we have been charting the course for where we may be going as a church and what we may be doing as a church rather than just sitting back and letting life come to us and i'm well aware uh, i'm well aware of the spiritual climate of this area and this region here in north central Indiana. And I believe that God has appointed me to this region for such a time as this. And I'm well aware of the seducive spirit of Jezebel and Korah that is uh, loose in this region and affecting many churches in and throughout this region, but I'm also aware of the tremendous undercurrent of hunger and revival and spiritual renewal that I sense not only in this region, but happening and sweeping all throughout the world today. Perhaps some have asked, why why are we moving forward with... um, the, the north building build out uh, during such uh, economic uh, uncertainty as it is today and why are we push, pushing for growth and for revival and uh, as pastor Danny mentioned this morning our small groups and our our many ministries that we established about a year ago that are just now really getting grounded, our family ministries, our, our Genesis processes, our, uh, all of our uh, newer ministries that we have been pushing and getting off the ground, our hyphen ministries, and uh, so many that I should have never started mentioning because without uh, having a list, I would, will uh, undoubtedly miss some of those. We're making high priority on Bible study teaching and on our small groups and on our connectivity. We have added uh, First Monday prayer at the beginning of every month. We have added First Friday youth service at the beginning of every month. While other churches are closing the doors, we're opening our doors more often. And people may be asking, Pastor, why Why are we doing this? And I I, I debated on whether I should preach this on a Sunday morning or preach it on a Sunday night. I understand the difference in the nature of our services and the crowd. And I felt that our Sunday morning was the majority of our church uh, may be present on Sunday morning and those that are not here that may be working, may be connecting online or may watch later. And I felt it was of the Lord for me to come this morning and preach a message that, uh, as I mentioned to my wife this morning, uh, as I was asking for specific prayer over uh, what I'm preaching today, Uh, I don't normally come and just preach vision to the church on Sunday morning, but today I feel like that God would have me rise to this pulpit to tell this church that we are moving forward by faith. We're pushing for growth when others are just settling in and enjoy the security of remaining as they are. We are watching churches dry up and die. We are watching denominational churches close. Pastor, why are we buying in at a point and in a spiritual and a time of uncertainty such As we are in, when you look at the spiritual economy, what are we doing? Would it not be more beneficial perhaps to take a more denominational approach rather than take a more uh, biblical, apostolic approach of believing that in these last days, God does want to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And I recognize that many churches... Uh, may be closing their doors and it seems like many others are selling out for an easier path. Joel chapter 2 comes to mind uh, when the prophet of the Lord spoke in verse number 21. Fear not, O land, and be glad and rejoice. Here's what he said, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, he goes on to say, for he hath given you the former rain and uh, the former rain moderately, moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And then he goes on and says, and I will restore unto you. I rise to this pulpit this morning to tell you that I believe this church has been sitting uh, under the, the cloud of prophecy that has been spoken over many years over this church. And I do, do believe that we are entering into the season of the latter rain and the former rain. And they will come down together in the same season. I want to help you understand what I'm preaching to you this morning. And it is everything that the enemy and God may have held back from this church over the last many years, 55 or so years of existence, 58 years of existence of this assembly. I do believe we are entering into a season when the former reign and the latter reign are going to come down together in the same season, and when that happens, get ready, CLC, because there's not going to be room to contain what God is wanting to pour out upon this church. So my subject this morning to you, and the title of this message this morning to you is a question that I raise, and it is simple, and it is straight to the point. But it is this, are you buying in or selling out? Where do you stand? I, I, I want you just to lift your hands where we are right now. And I want you to ask God to let the anointing rest upon this message that I'm going to preach today. Would you lift your voice in prayer right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the word of God rest upon us today. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the early chapters of Jeremiah, God is dealing with Jeremiah on behalf of the nation of Israel, especially the southern kingdom of Israel known as Judah. The people of Israel had provoked God to wrath and brought judgment upon themselves in the form of an army of Chaldeans commanded by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This mighty army at the time of this text is about to attack. Jeremiah came preaching to King Zedekiah that he was the king of Judah. And he told him that judgment was going to be coming quickly. But Zedekiah didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. And so um, he took Jeremiah and he cast him into the palace prison. Zedekiah preferred rather to listen to the lion prophets instead of listening to God's word that was sent by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Zedekiah was going to lose his kingdom. The Chaldeans would be defeated. Israel was going to be defeated and many of the people of Judah would be killed or led captive into Babylon. This was the future of Judah. It was imminent. It was coming upon them quickly. Jeremiah knew it. He saw it. He received the word of the Lord and he went forward preaching and proclaiming that Israel was being overtaken, and the people refused to hear the message that he was preaching. So uh, in the end, when he finally uh, was able to get to the high place and talk to the, the, the king, the king uh, refused to hear the prophet's words, and he threw him into prison. And it was at that moment, uh, a most discouraging and inopportune time for Jeremiah, that God spoke to Jeremiah and told him to do what was seemingly the unthinkable thing to do. And he tells him to buy the field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption was yours to buy it. And he said, when that word came to him, he knew it was the word of the Lord. He said, so I I bought the field of Hannah Mill. And he went through all of the legal documentation. And uh, as I read it to you this morning, uh, it, it's a mouthful to read. It basically unveils in this storyline, in this text, it unveils what is happening, that the government was involved. And so uh, what all of those scriptures that I read that seem to be such a mouthful today basically is saying is that he went to uh, all the right people. He he worked through the governmental agencies and the officials and he went to the courthouse and the tax office and he he had all the paperwork filed and stamped and put together why was it so important that he would go through all of these things because what what they what he was doing just seemed to be useless why Go through all of the intricate details that he was going through. Why involve attorneys and why involve government agencies? Because uh, here, in just a few days, Israel is going to be overtaken, and in just a few days, um, this land is going to be uh, left ruined. And as a matter of fact, the uh, the the enemy is going to overpower and what. You own, you will no longer own. Uh, it is, it is much like uh, if you can possibly imagine what has been happening in the country of Ukraine. And I'm not here to preach or teach a uh, political message this morning, but understand that if, if so be, if they choose, um, they come in and and they take. Uh, all the fields, and they take all the houses, and they take all the buildings, and, and they take all the churches, uh, whatever it may be, that that it doesn't matter who owns what, because when the enemy takes it, it no longer would be uh, under uh, the governmental uh, agencies that stamped the documents in Ukraine, uh, it doesn't really matter, because uh, as as we are seeing what is transpiring very slowly and very very painfully, it appears that perhaps, and this isn't a word of prophecy today, I don't know what the outcomes are going to be, but uh, it seems that uh, as Russia is pushing in more and more on Ukraine, that uh, whether uh, this will break into a world war or whether Ukraine will eventually fold and Russia will overtake and overpower, Uh, It doesn't really matter what the Ukrainian government agrees upon. What matters is what the Russian government, if they are to overtake Ukraine. And so who owns something doesn't matter because now uh, whomever Russia says would own it will own it. This is uh, the only modern day terminology that I know to bring it in for our understanding this morning. As the people uh, of God were being overtaken by the enemy, and they were going to come in, and uh, you, this is the time that if you can get a dollar for your field, you, you better take your dollar, because tomorrow, if they overtake this, it, it, your paperwork amounts to nothing, but yet, the word of the Lord came and and said, go and buy the field of a meal and uh, wh- why in the world would you go buy such a field at such an inopportune time he not only bought the field but he went through all of the governmental agencies and he documented all of the paperwork and he got everything in order why what would it even matter uh, look around you look at the take the temperature of society and see what society is doing pastor uh, are you sure that this church Church is on the right track. We we see uh, uh, denominational Christendom is is losing uh, members, and and fewer and fewer people are going to church today than they did even even five years ago. Uh, it seems that what has transpired through COVID uh, had uh, such an incredible impact. There are some who even left us during COVID that uh, never came back. Uh, and, And it's happening around the world. And so people may be saying, Pastor, um, are, are you sure that that buying in right now is the right thing to do? Are you sure that establishing new ministries right now and pressing forward and believing God for revival and adding services is the right thing to do? Should we not be taking the general track of the world and having fewer services and fewer meetings and spending less money and and, and, and not projecting the future and, and should we not just be pulling in but but I, I i i i'm i'm much like the prophet of the lord who who received the word and declared uh, this this right here where we are right now when you see what is happening all around us don't let that be the determining factor of your faith Because I've never seen, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I've never seen a time when the church was not put under pressure that it didn't come out more pure than it was when it went in. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord this morning. And I come to this pulpit to tell you that this is not time for the church to take a back seat or for the church to sell out. It is time for the church to buy in. Buy in low because revival is coming, growth is coming, harvest is coming. You can believe your family's not going to be saved if you want to, but I am receiving the word of the Lord that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I'm expecting a revival to come. I'm believing, God, for some of your lost husbands or a lost wife or lost children or lost, I'm believing for a revival to sweep this region. Jeremiah's act of purchasing land is not a significant matter to the casual observer. People have bought and sold property for thousands of years. But Paul Harvey's rest of the story that I shared with you changes everything. The land that Jeremiah purchased was about to be conquered by the Chaldeans. Jeremiah himself had prophesied it. He knew it, the enemy's closing in. Everybody had a for sale sign on their yard. Uh, It's it's coming up everywhere. They, They knew their properties were soon to be taken before. So selling out made perfect sense. So now real estate in Judah is going for pennies on the dollar. Nobody wanted it. Uh, everybody's trying to somehow get a little something for the land that their families had had for generation that now is going to be taken by force. But while everybody else was selling out, Jeremiah is buying in. Ladies and gentlemen, you must be certain that you have a word from the Lord to take such a bold move. Uh, you've got to know that you know the church needs to hear the word of the Lord today about your family and about your home and about your neighborhood. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to go and talk to the Townsends about what they are doing in their neighborhood. If you are not, oh, if you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to know what God is doing through our Connect Ministries. What a blessing. The Spirit of the Lord fell in this place on Wednesday night. I felt it. People were moved and touched. It is so that I don't want to miss anything that is happening because it may be on a Wednesday night, night that the voice of the Lord speaks and says, you need to go buy in. You need to go, you need to go buy the field right now. You need to, you need to buy in, but you must have a word from the Lord. And I have received such a word of the lord no not yesterday or the day before but i am so tired of taking things as they come i have made a decision that i am preparing for a miracle here's why because what the enemy is doing and what is happening in in the region round about us is not the prophecy that we have received from the lord uh, the, the lord spoke to me a long time ago and said this church is to prepare for a miracle. And when we have prepared, that the miracle will meet us at the point and place of our preparation. And every time that I have ever tried the Lord, can I get an amen, that God has proven that he and he has confirmed his word with signs following. We must understand that God is in control of the seasons and the economy of the church. So somebody leaves, so they do. I don't want anybody to leave, but you're not going to stop what God is doing in the church. Over the last few months there has been a shaking in the denominational organizations of uh, of the world and even local churches in the region. Some mainstream denominations have made bold, very liberal and non-biblical moves uh, away from biblical truth and accepting things that the Bible has taught uh, that is an abomination unto the Lord. Some have taken that is uh, an inclusive path of, of heresy, walking away from mainstream beliefs. Some churches have closed their doors and others have sold out. I, I know, I know, I know, I hear what that should be speaking to us in these last days. Throw a for sale sign and get whatever you can get and and let just take it as it comes. While one declares that, that we are too liberal, we should be door more dogmatic. Uh, others are saying you need to be more tolerant of those around us. And and, and everybody has their own opinions. And, and others are saying that we're too staunch and too rigid in our views. And they feel that we should sell out for uh, uh, from some of the biblical truths that we have held dear as a congregation and as an assembly. And since we haven't, uh, they, they distance themselves and, and, and choose a more vague walk of world than this but I would submit to you on this March morning of 2023 that there are far too many things in this generation that are for sale. I hear the voices of all the recruiters that are pulling at the church and pulling at its members and and they say truth is for sale and doctrine is for sale and commitment is for sale and faithfulness is for sale and submission is for sale and sacrifice is for sale and worship is for sale. I know the enemy may loom on the horizon, but I've got a word from the Lord for this church today. This church is not selling out, but we are Buying in. This isn't a cheerleading session this morning when it seems the world is in chaos. The spiritual climate is in disarray and the economy is volatile. We're going to keep investing in souls. We're going to keep investing in families. We're going to keep building relationships. We're going to keep ministering to the hurting and the needy. We're going to keep investing into the things of God. When they walk out the door for an easier path, we just keep on preaching truth. When it seems that our love and our ministry is being rejected, we just keep loving and we just keep on ministering. When no one will heed the warnings of the Lord soon return like Noah. We're just going to keep on building and we're just going to keep on preaching. Pastor, you had 38 people building and working yesterday and and the church is investing uh, over $100,000 into a facility to to generate a space for our youth. That's right. uh, Because I have a word from the Lord uh, and I see souls coming. Uh, I see a revival among our young people. I see a revival among our student ministries. I see a revival among young adults. I see a revival among our families. It's coming and it's on the horizon. Let them scoff at us. Let them scoff at our passion and our desires. But we're going to just keep on believing. Because it won't be long until our efforts are justified. We bought into God's promises and they are not for sale. This world and this economy and the spiritual climate of this region is not a dictator of what God has spoken. It was the most strange that Jeremiah the prophet would buy a piece of land when he himself knew that the whole land would soon be laid to waste by their adversary. And when that happened, that property would soon fall into the hands of the Chaldeans. What good would it be to invest at such a time? Jeremiah had a word from the Lord and he knew that it was time to buy in because Jeremiah knew that God intended to give them back whatever they invested In a time of famine, hear me this morning, church, Jeremiah knew that God had said and his people would recover everything that the enemy had taken. Mm, I feel bold in the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel the strength of the Lord this morning and I rise to this pulpit to tell somebody, whatever that you perceive is lost, go ahead and write it down. God is going to give it back. God is going to restore it. What all the years that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the caterpillar took your joy, took your family, took your peace, took your sleep, took your rest, go ahead and write it down on this March morning that God is saying, I'm going to give it back to you. It's going to be restored to you because he that endureth to the end shall be saved. I come today to tell tell you, it shall come to pass. Jeremiah literally invested into the promises of God. This is what we're doing at CLC. Every time you walk in the doors of this building on Sunday morning, look around you, just look around you. Uh, We've got seats open, sure we do, but we're pleasantly full today. And we have guests in the house, and that's always a reason to celebrate. That's right. Our classrooms are full this morning. Every classroom's full while we're gathered in here this morning. We're in here worshiping. Every time we have an event, it seems that it's exceeding our expectations for people are showing up. We set up for 20 and have 30 show up. We don't ever know what God is doing. I know what the world wants to say, but every time you walk in the doors of this building, you are making an investment into the promises of God. Let me help you with this. When a prophecy is spoken over your life, over your home or family, or over this church, that prophecy is God's will his plan, and his purpose for your future. And it will come to pass if you will work God's plan, live in God's purpose, and let him fulfill his will in your life. But just because a prophecy comes forth does not automatically mean that it will happen if you fold your arms or if you work against the prophecy that has been spoken. I'm going to help somebody this morning. When, when the prophetic utterances come, that doesn't mean, well, it's going to happen, I may as well fold my arm. You don't buy into that because that's nowhere in Scripture when they said rain's going to come you know what happened the lord threw, there was there was a couple of shovels that got thrown out there and he said dig some ditches and i'm going to fill them but the ditches have to be dug when the when the water is promised you've got to work at what god has prophesied over this church Every time you walk in the doors of this building, your faithfulness is saying something. That's why we sing that song, Let Our Worship Tell You You Are Welcome Here. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, God. Yep, you really are. You really are. Yep, you're welcome. Don't let your worship. You ever show up to somebody's house and you don't know whether you're welcome or not? You know how you know? It's the facial expression. It's the gestures. It's the tone of the voice. You're looking for is somebody telling me that I'm really wanted, that I'm really welcome. That's what we. Every time we walk in the doors and begin to worship God, we're letting Him know, God, we're buying into the promises of God. We're we're not believing what's being what's happening around us. Uh, the voice, the negative voices around us that says we ought to be selling out, is not the voices that we're going to to listen to. Every time you make a sacrifice. You are investing into the promises of God. Every time that you pray, you're making an investment into the promises of God. Every time you open your bank account and you give, you are investing into the promises of God. You are saying, I believe what God is saying more than I believe what the economy is saying. Every time you worship, you are investing into the promises of God. I'm holding on to the promises of God. (laughs) And let me step way out this morning and link in to what was preached in this pulpit a week or so ago. I'm holding on to every prophecy that has ever been spoken over this church because God said so. It doesn't matter what the economy says. It doesn't matter what the world says. What matters is what God said. And if God said it, that's fact. And I'm standing on it and I'm buying into it. That's why this church is investing in revival. Because revival is promised. That's why this church is committed to reaching our world because it's a plan of God. And we've got to work the plan. Every time that I come up here on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening, somebody seems like they're always here at the church. There's Bible studies being taught. I drive up, see somebody walking in. Got their Bible study under their arm, got their Bible under their arm coming in meeting somebody. You come up here, all you know, you know what we're saying? <laughs> we're not buying in to what the world's saying. We're buying into what God's saying. Not everybody's walking away. There's people ready to buy in. There's hungry people in this world. There's people that need a change in their life. Uh, There's people in these last days, oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm hearing people say, well, I don't see end-time revival anywhere in Scripture. Open up your eyes uh, because I do believe that in these last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. can't live fretting over what's been lost we got to focus on what God is doing and what God's about to do let me tell you the good old days weren't near as good as what we make them sound sometime we need to start living in what God is doing right now and what God's going to do well, you don't know all these hurts back there. We've got to forget the things that are behind. We've got to start living where we are right now and where we're going to. Thank God for all of our blessed past, but this is where we are right now, and everything in the past has brought us to where we are, and thank God for it. But it's not going to get us to where we're going. It built a foundation, but we got to work today, while it is day. We got to do it today. You got a family to reach today. You got somebody you can call or text today. You got somebody you can minister to today. Because their tomorrow could be changed. We're committed to reaching our world because it's a plan of God. And we're not fretting over what we've lost because we can't change that. But we're focusing on where we are and what God is doing in our future. And this is what I keep feeling God pointing this church to. As the prophet Joel declared that he will cause to come down for you. Everybody say, that's me. He will cause to come down for you the former rain and the latter rain, everybody say together. That doesn't mean there's going to be a former rain and there's going to be a latter rain. He said, I'm going to cause both of them to come down together and the floors shall be full of wheat, farming terms here, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil and I will restore. Everybody say restore. Uh huh, that's for you. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Oh, you're, you're t- I'm telling you, God is going to give back to you what the enemy has taken away. I'm not here this morning cheerleading. I'm not here this morning trying to have a big emotional outburst. What I am doing this morning is tell you that the Bible said that whatever, and and I don't have the time in this message today to unfold what the palmer worm and the canker worm and the caterpillar and what they all mean. They all have strategic meanings, and I don't have the time to get into all of that this morning. But I will tell you what the enemy has robbed from your emotion, your peace, your family, your home, your job, your promotion, And what he has robbed from your ministry and your blessing and your salvation and your walk with God. Mm -hmm. I feel the word of the Lord this morning telling somebody, listen. I, I believe what God is doing you see what what's happening in these end, in these end times brother it, those that were at men con, men's conference might have picked this up uh, of what brother Hoffman uh, said and I, I wish I wish I I wish I'm, I'm way off my notes today but I wish I'd were taken the time to have said it just like he said it but he talked about those that come in in the last hour in the last hour received the same wage of the one that had that that came to work uh, in the morning and the one that showed up at showing up time gets a wage and then the Bible tells in that same storyline of that one that showed up early in the morning gets the same wage and then when one shows up in the last hour they get paid the same wage as the one that showed up and has worked all day and he said this is the storyline, this is what is happening in the last days. We may as well go ahead and ask God to give us grace to look to those that have wounded us and hurt Us, those that have walked away from us because they may walk back in in the last hour but we've got to rejoice that they have come home the ones that have wronged us and hurt us we've got to forgive them because in this last hour They're coming home, kill the fatted calf. They're going to receive in the last hour what you and I have labored. Oh, I've been faithful, shouldn't I be advantaged? That's not the principle of the text. It is going to be the same. So get ready; they're coming home, and revival is coming, and they're going to be a blessing in the last hour, and they're going to receive what we have received that have been faithful. The difference is, is the blessing has been ours all along. So live in the blessing. I won't be much longer. What you doing down there at the church? Oh, I'm I'm working for the kingdom. What you doing when you show up? I'm teaching a Bible study. I'm showing up for prayer meeting. You know, it's I wish I would have. Right about now, I wish I could just put this, this thing on break for about two minutes. Because over over in this north building. Yesterday, we were working. I went and got some shovels out. The guys were cleaning things up off the floor. They had taken some tile up. I was watching, I think it was Barrett or Aiden, one of these guys. I gave him a shovel. It was just a regular-sized shovel. They are just scraping, putting it in the trash, putting it in the trash. And a minute I heard a big whoosh, and I looked, Brother Dan was over there. He had a big old snowshoe. Over there, and boy, they those boys, they're just working, working, working. Brother Dan's just kind of standing there, and all of a sudden, because what it took them, they're, they're over there just well, they're going to town. Every time they put a shovel full in, Brother Dan could just take about one shovel full and fill up about 10 times what they had just put in. You know why? Because he's working with a different size shovel. So you and I wonder, well, I, this just doesn't seem fair because, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a Bible study, little shovel. I'm showing up to prayer meeting, little shovel. I'm giving to the building fund, little shovel. I'm, I'm, I'm giving to further the gospel, little shovel. I'm obedient to God's word, little shovel. I'm honoring my pastor, little shovel. I'm supporting leadership, little shovel. I I, I worship when I don't feel like it, little shovel. I'm I'm, I'm making prayer a priority, little shovel. What you're really doing is you are investing into the future and into the promises of the Lord. Because what happens is, is you invest and invest and invest and invest and then all of a sudden God comes along with that great big shovel and he pours you out a blessing that you cannot contain. I'm taking it home now, but I'm telling you this morning that God has a bigger shovel than you have. And when you are over here being faithful, don't think you're doing more than God because when he reaches down, the blessing you're not going to be able to contain, it's going to be your family saved. He's going to do for you what you could not do for yourself. I'm not guaranteeing this. God is guaranteeing this because he said try me and see if I will pour you out a blessing. Oh somebody lift your hands toward heaven and give God a shout of praise. I see God pouring out a blessing that is pressed down, shaken together and running over. Listen to the words of David. Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out thine arm. And there's nothing too hard for thee. I remember one time I asked somebody about a certain person and they said, I don't know if they'll ever be saved. I'll never forget the day that they walked in here. Said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, what a day. Don't ever give up on somebody. Don't ever think your family's too far gone. Don't ever think that one's walked too far away. Get ready in this last hour. God is pouring it out. Uh, Come on. Uh, Jeremiah's investment was an act of faith. It doesn't doesn't appear like it's what we ought to be doing. But nevertheless, at thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word. What are we doing, pastor? We're following the word of the Lord. It's an investment in the future. It's not about me, but it is what God is doing in the future. It's my children and my grandchildren. Yesterday I looked around at 38 people that showed up for this first work day. So many of those were young people that are up in youth class this morning. Some were members that were not even members here when we built this building. But they were here. And they're happy to be part of what God is doing. There were some here yesterday I haven't seen in a while. I don't know what God's doing, but he's up to something. And I'm just trusting him. Because the doors of the church are open, and this is the end time. And this is the revival. And I'll move over and let them sit right next to me. I'll just say, oh, you know what? You know what this tells me? The church is buying in. We're not selling out. We're We're buying in. We're buying in. We're buying in. I close with this story. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet of Elisha. Her husband had died, and the servant feared the Lord. And he died. And the creditor came creditor came to take the two sons to be bondmen to pay off the debt that was left Elisha walks by her home and he said what do you have in your house what could you give to the prophet she said prophet the thy handmaiden doesn't really have anything in the house. The only thing I have is a little pot of oil. Just enough just to get me by. And the prophet said, go borrow some vessels from your neighbors. Empty vessels. Go! Don't just borrow a few. Go borrow all the vessels that you can. And he said, when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and thy sons. Thou shalt pour into all the vessels. No, 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 don't start me. Don't start all of this cheerleading kind of stuff. You're telling me I've got one vessel with some oil. And it's just enough to just to get me by. Just as it's all i got. And you're telling me to go borrow vessels. Not a few, but borrow from everybody I can. And then come and pour this oil into those vessels. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so all the vessels were set up. And she took her little vessel and she starts pouring and that one got full. And she goes to the next one and that one gets full. And he goes to the next one and that one's full. And 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 keeps pouring out. And what in the world? Is it the magic vessel? No, it's the God vessel. Because he said, if you'll be faithful and you will follow my word, what you're going to find is what your little bit is. If you'll pour it out, uh, I'll keep giving back. That's what God's waiting for you to do. To not wait until you have everything in order but to say I'll give you my all right now and you start pouring it out and every time you pour it out a miracle's going to come and provision's going to come for you to pour it out again and again and again and again. Anybody in this house this morning want to respond to what God is wanting to do in your in your life? Uh, are you going to sell out because all you got, you feel like it's just a little bit, you're ready to sell out? Uh, are you ready to say, nope, uh, I'm buying vessels. Uh, I'm looking for vessels uh, because I got a little bit uh, and I'm going to pour out a little bit. Uh, and it's going to be a miracle and another miracle and another miracle. Come on, anybody want to buy in this morning? Come on, buy some vessels today. Buy some vessels today. Come on, let's respond to what God is wanting to do. There's room for you here in the front. Why don't you let the enemy know, I'm coming to buy in today. I'm buying in today. Come on, let's seek the Lord this morning. Somebody cry out to the Lord in this house this morning.